Grab your Bible and go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter number 2. The book of Genesis, chapter number 2. And we're going to read just two verses from the book of Genesis. Genesis, chapter number 2. And we're going to start reading with verse number 24. Genesis, chapter 2, verse number 24. Therefore shall a man leave. Everybody say, leave. Shout it, leave. Shout it, get out, leave. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and here's a real good word, and shall cleave, shout cleave. I said shout cleave, nobody said anything. Shout cleave. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, And they shall be one flesh. They shall be one flesh. And they were both naked. (laughs) Listen, we got got 30-something kids up there, so I know y'all believe in that verse. And they were both naked, the man and his wife. And they were not ashamed. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, And they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife. And they were not ashamed. Everybody said amen. It's already good, ain't it? All I did was read the text. Y'all like, glory to God. I like the direction this is going already. If I know, uh, you know, I've been pastoring for a really long time. I'm 35, about to be 36. I've been preaching since I was 14 years old. So I've been doing this a really long time. And uh, met with people from all walks of life. I'm pretty confident that you cannot surprise me at this point. This is what I know about human beings. Anybody is capable of anything. Right. The number one rule in Christian counseling is this. Anybody's capable of anything. That means the most genteel, kind, loving grandmother can turn into an axe murderer because anybody's capable of anything. That means the most harsh, hard, mean-spirited human being can turn around and be the sweetest, most wonderful person you've ever met. Anybody's capable of anything. So it's very hard to surprise me at this point. But this is one of the things I do know about marriage, all right? This is one of the things I do know. There's an, and, and, and listen to, to the fullness of this statement before you start forming your rebuttal, all right? There's no right way to have a marriage. There's no right way to do it. Listen, listen, listen. Come back, listen. In some families, you've got the man that works and the wife stays at home. Some families, they both work. Other families, the woman works and the man stays at home. And the brother said, amen. Somebody asked me one time, they said, there's this manly man. He said, now, would you feel confident? Would you feel comfortable if your wife made more money than you? I said, comfortable? That, that's the goal, brother. What do you mean? Right? Y'all have heard of sugar daddies? I got me a sugar mama. Sugar mama doing work. If you're bringing home the bacon, I'll cook it. Right? I'll make brownies. If you're knocking down $400,000 a year, I'll make brownies and vacuum. <laughs> huh? My manhood ain't wrapped up in my paycheck. Some, some families, uh, the wife manages the money and pays the bills. Some husbands, some, some families, the, the husband manages the money and pays the bills, right? Some families, the, the, the dad's the disciplinarian. He's the one that you don't want to t- hack off. And in other ones, there's a mama that you don't want to hack off. We have a one main rule in our house, really just one, and it's this. 
Respect mama. Right? You can, you, me and you can get into it and you can, you can do whatever and do your stuff, but respect mama. Because when mama feels respected, everything goes right. When mama feels disrespected, everything goes wrong. So just respect mama. Can I get a witness from somebody? All right. So there's really no right way to do it. There's, there, uh, there, there, there's so many differences and nuances and idiosyncrasies inside each family. But I do believe this. I do know that there are some, there are some foundational, uh, there's some foundational cornerstones. There are some, there are some non-negotiables that have to be present inside of every marriage in order for it to be healthy. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what. You can be black, white, purple, striped, polka dotted. It doesn't matter. You can be rich, poor, affluent, broke, middle class. It does not matter. You can live in Knoxville or New York or Canada. It does not matter. There are some non-negotiables. There are some, there are some secrets that every marriage has to have in the recipe in order for it to be healthy. We're going to talk about those secrets this morning. Is that all right? You have to, if you ever want to know God's full intention, if you ever want to know God's full intention for marriage, you have to go all the way back to God's original design for marriage. If you ever want to know what he fully intended for you and your spouse, you have to go all the way back to what he originally intended for man and his wife. And we found it in Genesis chapter number two, verse number 24. Are you ready? You ready? Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. Stop. Right there. Inside of every healthy marriage, the first thing you have to do is you got to leave. Now, 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 hang on. I, in, listen, in-laws are a blessing unless they're not. Right? You have to leave. You got to leave physically. You got to leave. You got to leave. You got to get out. You don't just get out physically because I've seen people live in an apartment, but their heart still be at home. You got to leave. Watch me now. You got to leave financially. You got to get off the payroll. Right? I know I, I talk to young couples a lot who, who are taking money from mom and dad but don't want mom and dad's advice. If you want them out, then get out. But as long as you're on the payroll, they get to give their unsolicited advice. And you know what you do when they give their unsolicited advice? You just look at me and say, thank you, thank you. We're going to take that unsolicited advice and we're going to put it where we put all of your unsolicited advice. Right? We're going to put in a special place in our heart because you're so special. You got to leave. You got to leave physically. You got to leave emotionally. You got to leave emotionally. Parents are not going to like this. Listen, when you leave, that means the bond between parent and child breaks. And your security and your identity is no longer in your parents. Now it's in your spouse. And if you're not ready to leave, you're not ready to get married. Therefore, shall I, let, let, I'm, I'm saying it real nice. Let me break it down real plain. Get everybody else out of your marriage. 
Get your mama out. Get your daddy out. Get your girlfriends out. Get your buddies out. Get your kids out in Jesus' name. Get everybody else out of your marriage. Marriages will not survive as long as it's between three people. I ain't getting no help this morning. It doesn't survive as long as there's three people. Now listen, if you're struggling and you need help and you need counsel and you need advice, I get that. You need to go to somebody that, that is outside of your family that can give you some advice. But don't go asking mama what she thinks about your sorry husband. I have seen people turn their kids against their spouse. Your dad's just being an idiot. Can you believe that? Get every, yeah, that's what I would do. Lean on a 13-year-old for marriage advice. It's perverted. This is how we roll at Hope Unlimited. I know you can, I will dress something up some other time, all right? And I know I come off probably mean. I'm really not a mean guy, right? <laughs> Get them out. Let me tell you how important this is. The number one cause of divorce in America, you know what that is? Money fights money problems. Everybody knows that, right? You know what the number two cause of divorce is? Adultery. You know what number three cause of divorce is? In-laws. No boundaries. Don't have the ability to draw a line where you say to other people in your life that you love, this is where you end and this is where I begin. We have a rule in our house. If my family, which at this point we've been married a long time, it doesn't really happen that much. We went, went years ago. And my family, if my family's encroaching, it is my job to set the boundary. If your family's encroaching, it's your job to set the boundary. Because if I try to set a boundary with your family, then I'm going to become the evil son-in-law driving a wedge, but driving a wedge between families. And so if your family's encroaching, you got to tell them to back off, and I'm just going to sit over here and smile and watch the fight. And then when they go behind your back to ask me what's going on with her, what's her problem, I'm going to be like, I don't know, man. We just pray. <laughs> and in my mind, I know what's going on. You're encountering poof, a boundary. Don't you love it when people encounter boundaries? No. The word, everybody say this way. No. Say it, it's two letters, N-O, no, no, say it, no. no. That's a complete sentence. No. No. That's so liberating. That's one of the most empowering words you'll ever get in your life. You need to, you need to let your kids do this. You need to let your kids do that. No. Well, if I was in my house, I wouldn't be, guess what? We're not in your house. You got to leave. You got to leave. I have seen the inability to leave destroy budding marriages. I've seen it destroy it. Because now you don't have mama and daddy to lean on. Now it's you and this creature that you married that you're trying to figure out. And you don't have the luxury of running back and building alliances with other people in your life to get their support. Because that's really why we reach outside of our marriage and talk negatively about our spouses to other people is we're really trying to build a case against them. We're really trying to build alliances and assemble our small army that will look at you and say, you're wrong, I'm right. You got to leave. You got to leave. Everybody say leave. 
you will never, ever cleave the way you are supposed to cleave unless you leave right. It is impossible for you and your spouse to cleave the way the Bible meant to cleave unless you leave right. Because part of you is at home and part of you is in your marriage. And at some point, you have to make a decision. And do you know how many people choose their families over their spouse? Listen to me closely. The covenant between a husband, and I've got kids, and I know this things to say and hear, but it's the Bible. The covenant between a husband and a wife is by far more significant than the covenant between a parent and a child. I know I'm going to get some grandmas mad at me, get some emails, it'll be all right. Okay? You got to get everybody else. Here's another, here's another little tip. Don't let anybody else in your life talk negatively about your spouse. Don't let your mama badmouth your, your, your wife. Don't let your mama, don't let your girlfriends talk about what a lazy bum he is. You got to get everybody out. Because this is what will happen. When people you love, your family, start to sow seeds into your mind of negativity towards your spouse, you know what you're going to do? You're going to start saying to yourself, you know what, they got a point. And then it's going to start to blow up in your mind. And then you're going to start to see things that you never would have seen before, that never would have bothered you before. Now it's a problem, all because you did not have the ability to leave. To leave. Our families know you're not, you're, not ever, you're not ever going to speak negatively to me about my wife. Even if she's wrong, in front of you, I'm going to pretend she's right. If she ran over somebody in the driveway, I'm going to look at them and say, what were you doing in the driveway? Now, when we get home, we might look at each other and say, what are you thinking? But to your face? You got to do that with your kids, too. You got to send this message to your kids. It's us against you. And we are bigger and have more money. Right? You find a losing battle. You got to leave. Therefore shall a man. Is this all right this morning? Is this all right? Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. Leave his father and mother. Cleave to his wife. Cleave to his wife. Hebrew word there means to be glued to. To be glued to your wife. You got to leave and you got to cleave. What God is talking about is he is talking about this, this principle. We just talked about leaving, right? Right? Did I make myself unclear about leaving? Because I can reiterate. Okay. You leave your father and mother. You cleave to your wife. Sometimes leaving hard. You want me to tell you the, the, the times the most that I've seen cleaving be hard? It's when in-laws and family can't let go. And they normally can't let go for this reason. Because they don't have a healthy enough marriage of their own. They haven't properly bonded with their spouse. And so when you leave, it feels like everything in their life's leaving. They don't have, a sen- they don't have enough sense of significance separated from your kid, from their kid. So they have a hard time letting go. And when you go, they feel like they've lost all purpose for living. Sometimes this is the message you have to send to mom and dad. Mom, dad, love you. Get a life. Go fishing, go golfing, go shoot something, go cook something, go camp somewhere, do something. 
Y'all with me? All the parents are going to be mad. You know I'm telling the truth. You can get mad all you want. It's still the truth. You got to leave father and mother. Cleave. Be glued to your wife. This is what he's saying. Your marriage has to be the number one priority in your life. Listen, not work, not even kids. Do you know, how, do you know the statistics of people that are married for 25 and 30 years and their kids get raised and get out of the house and they end up divorcing? You know why? Because for years, that child was the center of their interaction. They had no relationship outside of their children. And so for 25 years, they are looking at these babies, raising these babies, fighting life together, trying to lead them in the right direction. And then when the babies are gone, they finally look back up at each other after 30 years of being in the trenches, and they find out they don't even like each other. They don't even know each other. They split and leave. And then they say something like this, I've not been happy for 30 years. You've not been happy because you've not put your marriage in the place it was supposed to be. I love my kids. I would take a bullet for my kids right now. But the best gift I can give my kids is to love her right. You hear what I'm saying? The best gift I can give them is to let them know I'm on her side. Because after y'all leave, we're still going to be living together. And I'm sowing seeds now to make sure that's a good experience later. Right? It is the number one priority in your marriage. Everything, everything, everything else in your life, everything else in your life has to be pushed out at the, exclu- at the exclusion of making sure this stays where it's supposed to be. We will invest, we will invest time, energy, money into all sorts of interests. I, I, am, the, I am the biggest uh, fad phase human being you will ever meet, okay? I get geeked out over everything, you name it, okay? It's ridiculous. Except golf, because I suck at golf. I'm just going to be honest. And so you invest all this time and all this effort and all this energy and all this emotion and all of this stuff. And, and you wonder what would happen if, you, if no, don't, don't quit doing what you do. Don't quit doing your stuff and having fun. But what if you took 10% of that out and started pouring back into your I know people married 20 years, never read a marriage book. Never attended a marriage conference. Because they're not investing into the priority that is their marriage. Spend money on a new boat, but won't take their wife to dinner. Right? She can't go nowhere. We got kids. Number one, yes, she can. Right? And number two, you got to make that the priority of your life. I had, a, I had a preacher friend tell me this years ago, and it has set me free. He said, never begrudge one dollar that you have spent investing into your children or into your marriage. Not one dollar. All those Disney World trips, that's absolutely sinful how much it costs. Swap the credit card and believe God to come back, believe Jesus to return. 
Don't beguile one dollar. Don't beguile one hour. Don't beguile one moment that you spent investing in what is supposed to be the highest priority of your life. Because listen, we are supposed to be glued together. Men, listen to me. You've got your buddies. Your wife wants to be one of your buddies. She wants to be your friend, not your cook, not your housekeeper. She wants to be your friend. You got to be glued together. Me and you are in this together. And when you leave, then you cleave. Then your Bible says you will become one flesh. You will find an intimacy that comes from leaving properly and making your marriage a priority. Then there is such an intimacy and a love and a communication and an agreement that happens in marriage that is absolutely mind-boggling. But it starts with leaving, number one, cleaving, number two, and then you become one. Is anybody with me this morning? Then you become one. That means this. Me and you, we're never opponents. We're teammates. Never opponents. We're teammates. We're in this together. Most of the time when we listen, listen, don't get mad. Most of the time when we read this verse, we think he's talking about sex. Be one flesh. Yeah, glory to God. And most marriages, they are one in that one area and nowhere else. One in the bedroom, but two in the money. One in the bedroom, but two in the parenting. One in the bedroom, but two in the decision making. One in the bedroom, but two in their dreams and visions and goals for life. They're one in that one area and two everywhere else. That's why there's so much conflict because nobody's one. Oh, you might be being physically intimate, but this goes far beyond that. Far beyond that. This means everything that we do we do it together. No matter what, everything we do, we do it together. Marriage at its, at its core, I'm going as fast as I can. I hope you're getting this. Marriage at its core is, and men have a problem listening to this, it's negotiation. Marriage is negotiation. All of it is negotiation. Except for what color you're going to paint the nursery. She gets to make that decision. There are certain things you just don't want to be involved in. Right. I don't, I, there are probably guys in here, maybe you were, if this is you, this is what's me. You know, guys that are like hyper involved in the wedding planning. I'm like, man, do you just tell me, tell me, tell me where to be, what time, what to wear. That's it. And what to say. <laughs> That's it. We are so we are so out of touch in our in our own weddings, men are they have to tell us what to say. They're like, okay, repeat after me. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Right? I do. I do what? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Marriage is negotiation. But negotiation is only real negotiation if we create a win-win situation. It's not negotiation if I win and you lose. Let me say it again. It's not negotiation if I win and you lose. That's domination. Domination creates frustration. Right. Let me let me. I don't know how far to go. Let me let me show you this dynamic that happens in marriages, as it pertains to dominance. Can we do that for two seconds? I was going to preach a message this in this series called "Breaking the Curse of Control," because there's some marriages that the curse of control 
needs broken. All right. You automatically have a tendency to marry somebody that is as equally emotionally healthy or unhealthy as you are. Okay? If you are hyperdominant, I promise you, you won't marry hyperdominant because somebody will go to jail. Okay? If you're hyperdominant, and I know men, they get this little thing about them, they're like, I'm the alpha male. Good for you, bro. Bro, it's good. Whatever. If you're hyperdominant, you will marry emotionally weak. So there's this gap that you can't control, right? If you're somewhat dominant, you'll marry somebody somewhat weak. Sometimes, if you're a hyperdominant woman, you'll marry a weak man, a weak passive man. And so it's this seesaw battle of control in marriage. The worst thing to have in your home is a power struggle between mom and dad. Who's running the show? It's not supposed to be this. 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 It's supposed to be this. And I'm only, I'm only doing this because the man's supposed to be the leader. Okay? And when there's this gap of control, if you're the hyper-dominant one, you got to sit down. You got you to you stand down, okay? If you're the emotionally weak one, you got to stand up. And if you stand up, it will force them down. Forces them down. Let, let me give it to you another way. You have to, the, the way you break control in a marriage is you make up in your mind, I will never make a decision without your agreement. Without your agreement, I'll never do it. I'll never do it. In our home, this is the way it goes. Two yes votes, we do it. One no vote, we don't. And the kids don't get a vote. Okay? When me and her are dealing with decisions, and, and I say that jokingly, and it probably sounds like I'm, I'm really harsh on kids. I'm not. I love our children dearly. But we have created child-centered homes instead of family-centered homes, and it's created absolute dysfunction Okay, I, t- I tell people jokingly all the time, if, if you don't create, if you, if you create child-centered homes, I don't know what my son's going to do the first day he walks into kindergarten doesn't get a standing ovation. I don't know what he's going to do. Right. We create these child-centered homes where everything's about them, about them, about them. And healthy families, when the child enters the family, this message is sent to them. You are part of something bigger than you. And we don't do what is good for you. We do what is good for us. It's a secret that's killing families, okay? So me and my wife are are dealing with a decision. If we both vote yes, we do it. One no vote, no, we don't do it. Then she goes and prays for God to change my heart. Then he does, and then we do it. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I did did talk to a couple one time. I did talk to this couple one time. And, uh, and, I, and I knew their situation. It had been rocky and it had been rough and it had been challenging. It had been, been really bad. And she came to me one day. She, and and, and they, they, didn't, they didn't have financial means. They were struggling financially. But she, she was all fired up. She said, she came up to me. She was, had big tears in her eyes. She said, God's told me to adopt. I said, really? I was, like, I was thinking in my mind, I saw dollars. And it was like 30 grand or something like that. I was like, oh, praise, praise the Lord. Yeah, Jesus' name. And um. <clears throat> She said, but my husband doesn't want to do it. 
because he don't hear from God. I thought, <laughs> I ain't going to tell you what I thought. Um, and then she said this to me. She said, I need you to pray with me that God will speak to him and change his heart. That's not called prayer. That's called witchcraft. That's called manipulation. No? Start calling you Jezebel. Listen, two yes votes we do it, one no vote we don't. Because listen and listen to this if you don't get anything else. The unity of our marriage is more important than any decision we'll have to make. I'm going to say it again. Us maintaining unity in our marriage is more important than any decision we would have to make together. Okay, And I'm not going to do anything that would violate the integrity of the unity of that marriage. We ask each other, we ask each other, we clear decisions with each other over every little thing. She, I will say, what about this? Right? She'll say, no, do whatever you want to. No, 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 it's not do whatever I want to. We have to make sure that we stay one. We got to make sure that whatever we do, we do together. All right? Everything we do, we do together. Do you know what it does for kids to walk in to the living room and you say to them, not right now, mommy and daddy are spending time together. But I want a sandwich. Not right now, mommy and daddy are spending time together. But I want the iPhone. Not right now, mommy and daddy. That sounds harsh, but it's communicating security. It's communicating mom and dad have a relationship outside of me and I can go to bed tonight knowing they are close. I can go to bed tonight knowing they are one. I don't like the decision that they made. I don't like the fact that they wouldn't give me the attention that I wanted right when I wanted it. But what I do like is I know that they love each other. And this is going to last for the next 60, 70 years. Y'all with me this morning? Come on. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. Cleave to his wife. They shall be one flesh, one flesh. Listen, man, I know you're the leader in the home, but you don't get to make unilateral decisions. No, you don't. Well, bless God, it's in my house. Well, it ain't just your house. I pay the bills around here. Good for you. You're a dad. That's what you're supposed to do. Quit patting yourself on the back, acting like a martyr. I get on the women next series. Let my wife get on the women because I am afraid of women. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. My house. That doesn't mean you have the only voice. If you are the leader in your house, that means you outserve everybody. That doesn't mean when you get home from work, it's time to check out and be waited on. Preaching good. I know Sunday, I'll expect some women to bring some offerings. All right? It means when you get home, that's the time to roll up your sleeves and really do the important work of investing into your marriage and investing into your kids and investing into your legacy. Y'all with me? All right, all right I'm going to close right here. I'm going to close with this one. A man will leave his father and mother cleave to his wife they shall be one flesh and they were naked that's the part you've been waiting for me to get to right? I'm trying to show you how to get there brother it's a process right? 
you don't just go to the gym, do three reps of push-ups, walk in, take your shirt off. <laughs> Man leaves his father and mother, cleaves to his wife. You will never cleave until you leave. You will never become one until you prioritize your marriage where it's supposed to be. And it needs to be the priority over work, over kids. It needs to be priority over our ego, over our pride. Cleave to his wife. They shall be one flesh. And they were naked, the man and his wife. Watch this line. And they were not ashamed. They had reached such a place of love and intimacy that they could stand before each other completely transparent and experience no shame. They had such an atmosphere of grace and love and acceptance that they could stand there completely undressed. And I'm not just talking about physically. Stand there undressed and not be ashamed because me and you, we're one. Okay. Listen, listen to me, man. You know, we, we read this verse. We read this verse. Go ahead, Will, and begin to play for me. We read this verse. And we think in the negative man in his life, they were not ashamed. He's not just talking about sex. All right? Listen to me, man. Your wife, your wife wants you to be able to be undressed before her emotionally. She wants you to, I want to blow your mind. She wants you to talk. Not give the Tim Taylor grunt. You gotta talk. You gotta be, if you want connection with your spouse, you have to be able to undress your thoughts to them. You have to be able to take off what's hiding how you really feel. And man, we're terrible at this. We don't know how to, we don't know how to, we don't know. Okay? We don't know. And so men want sex. But women want emotional connection. And brother, listen. If you would give her what she needs, she'd give you what you want. You wouldn't have to go to the gym near as much. If you just learned to talk, to be able to stand before her and say, this is where I'm at. This is how I feel. This is what's going on. This is where my heart's at. And you ain't got to talk to her like you're a girlfriend. You're not a girlfriend. Don't ever be a girlfriend. She don't want that from you. She wants you to be able to stand for and undress everything about who you are. And know you can stand there unashamed. Am I right, women? See, see the way I, I talk about this. I could get a lot plainer than that. Let, let me just say it this way, and y'all not pass out. Can I do that? You think your greatest love-making skills, your greatest love-making tools between your legs, it's really between your ears. She wants you to talk. She wants you to connect. She doesn't just want to feel one with you physically. And after all of your theatrics, she hopes you'll say something. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than your amen. And yeah, yeah. Y'all are, oh my God, did he just say the whole leg? I had think that somebody said. Yes. Yes. Maybe we should have put an age restriction on this service. I don't know. It's a little too late to do the right thing now, isn't it? 
Young people, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just ask your parents on the way home. They would love to explain this over Sunday lunch. Listen, if the church don't talk about it, the world's going to. You know the number one way kids eight years and under learn about sex? You know the number one way? They get an iPhone, they go to Google, they type in sex, and they hit images. It's true. I, I, you, you want this, you know, you, you have this marriage. You have the, it, God, I want to go down this road for one more second. Because we have a generation so addicted to pornography, we think that's what it's going to look like. And when it's not this production, we are left confused. Number one, that's a lie. Number two, what she wants from you more than all of that is she wants your heart. She wants your mind. She wants your words. She wants your connection. Learn to talk to her. When she asks you, what are you thinking? Come up, brother, just give her three words. What are you thinking? Uh, I love you. It's a step, baby steps. Baby steps. (laughs) My my wife, I I didn't tell her I was going to say this, but we've talked about it. She'll do this to me. She'll do this to me. It'll It'll be midnight. I've just got home from preaching four times. Lay down in the bed. I'm exhausted. I can't even think straight. This is what she'll say. How much do you love me? Honey, I love you more than anything in the world. That's what she'll say. Why? Okay, okay, okay. Um, Give me the top 400 reasons why you love me. Go, starting with number one in order. Learn to talk. Learn to connect. Being naked and ashamed is not just physically, okay? (laughs) If it was just physically, leave off that ashamed part. Stand naked and ashamed. (laughs) Calories are a result of the fall. You know how I know? They could stand naked in front of each other and not be ashamed. It's not about all that. If you will connect, if you will become one and you will connect, that becomes so much richer and more beautiful. It becomes everything you want it to be. But it starts by leaving. You never get naked and not ashamed until you leave. You never get naked and not ashamed until you cleave, until it is your priority. If she knows your deer hunting is in front of her, you will never experience naked and not ashamed. Right? One flesh, naked and not ashamed. Isn't that beautiful? Garden secrets. Secrets that apply. I don't care what your background. I don't care what your race. I don't care what your ethnicity. I don't care what your religion. I don't care what kind of family you came from. You have to leave. You have to cleave. You have to become one. And then you get naked, not ashamed. Meaning we know each other. We can stand before each other and it's nothing but grace and love and acceptance. Are you hearing what I'm saying, Hope Unlimited? Stand up on your feet. You are never 
the opponent. You're the teammate. You're the teammate. And there's nothing in this world worth violating the oneness of your marriage. And there are people in here, some of y'all in here, you've been married longer than I've been alive. And I get that. I would venture to guess I've been through some things in marriage you haven't. I'd venture to guess you've been through some things in marriage I haven't. So we have to learn from each other. But some of you, you've been married 30, 40 years. Some of you know this stuff. But it's so easy to lose sight of what's important. And what's important is that man or that woman standing beside you. You had kids together. You fought financial problems together. You fought sickness together. Some of you fought aging parents together, dying parents. Some of you have fought losing children together. When you didn't have anybody else, you had each other. That's the greatest feeling in the world. Somebody asked me one time, they said, what do you love the most about being married? And I could have gave them some, you know, manly answer. And it just dawned on me, I said, the thing I love the most about being married is no matter where I am in the world, I, tra- I travel and preach probably 100 nights a year, no matter where I'm at in the world, I know I'm never alone. I'm never alone. If I call her at 2 a.m. just to talk to my friend, she wants to talk. There's been times where I've been gone and I, I, I text her and I just say, I miss my friend. Because there is nothing worth violating the unity of your marriage. If you're with me, say yes. Lift those hands to the Father. Lord, we love you today. We thank you. We thank you for the beautiful, beautiful marriages and families in this room. We thank you for the husbands and the wives in this room that have been through so much and fought through so much and walked through so much together. Thank you. Thank you, God, for the the homes represented in this room. And I pray, Father, today that we are reminded of some of the secrets to making this everything you want it to be. I ask, Lord, that you bless every marriage with a greater level of intimacy, with a greater level of love, with a greater level of oneness, with a greater level of agreement. Father, every hurt living in the heart of the marriages in this room, I ask you to heal it now. Every piece of bitterness that could be living within the heart of a spouse in this room, I declare release over you now. It is not worth holding on to. You gotta let it go. I pray for forgiveness to wash over every home. I pray for love and mercy to wash over every home. I pray for unity and strength to come to every home. In the mighty, beautiful, awesome name of Jesus. When I count to three, give Jesus a shout. One, two, three, give him a shout. Hallelujah, Lord. 
Hallelujah. This is what we're going to do. Listen, this is what we're going to do. I want to have a couple of our prayer people come down here. Ryan, come down. Cheryl, if Cheryl's still here, a couple of our prayer people to come down. Listen, if you need prayer, listen, listen closely, listen closely. I'm letting you go. It's 1122 in case you're wondering. Okay. If you need prayer for anything in your home, in your marriage, maybe your marriage is great, but you're worried about your kids. Let's pray for your kids. Maybe, maybe there's just some issues that y'all are working through together. Maybe life has just brought you to your knees and you need some encouragement, we want to pray with you, all right? We've got some people down here that would love to pray with you. They, they're people we trust. They're people we love. They're people that have been with us and walked with us for months, and some of them even years. You're welcome to come down here and pray. I want to remind you of this. If you want to attend Step 1 Explore, and you want to find out more about Hope Unlimited, we would be honored to meet you and spend a couple of minutes with you immediately after service. So if you'd be interested in that, stop by Guest Central, and one of our host team will escort you to the room you need to go to. Hope Unlimited, we love you so, so, so much. The best days, I declare over every one of you, the best days of your marriage, they are in front of you. They are not behind you. The honeymoon that, you were, that's, that you're headed toward is greater than the honeymoon you had 5, 10, 20 years ago. Your greatest days are in front of you, not behind you. And listen, I want to say, I want to say this. I know there are people in here. I know there are people in here that are that have been that have been through divorces. You've been remarried. Some of you potentially even divorced more than once and remarried. And we're not God forgives all that. He washes all that away. I know people sit in teachings like this and they think, oh man, did I did I make a mistake 25 years? This is not the time to worry and wonder about did you make a mistake? Did you mess up? Did you do is God forget all of that stuff? This is what we're saying. The marriage you have now is God's will for your life. And we want a church of zero divorce. I'm believing God. I don't ever want to sit through a counseling session where somebody's saying we might be going through a divorce. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That is not God's will for you. That is not who you are. That's not what you're called to do. We want to be a church of zero divorce. That husbands and wives, their love, I need somebody to help me. Husbands and wives, their love grows deeper and deeper and deeper every year in Jesus' name. So I know, I know, I know you. I know you potentially been. You might have been through divorce. I get that. I get that. I do. I do. I do. I've got dear friends that are divorced, and you ask all the questions: Should I? Should I? What if I'd have done this? That's not. This is not the time to ask that. And that's not what I'm talking about. And there's not a soul in here that condemns you for any of that. None of it. What I'm saying is where you're at. Now, your marriage now. That's God's will. Pour your life into it. Pour your life into it. We cannot rehash what happened yesterday. God has forgiven all of that. All of that is washed away. You are made new. We're talking about today, and we declare today, I need somebody that's a member of this church to agree with me. Zero divorces in this house. Not just this year, but for the next 50 years. We declare this is a church where marriages come to be healed. We declare this is a church, oh, hallelujah, where broken marriages come to be put back together. Can I I get a witness from somebody. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. Zero.
Zero divorce. It's not who you are. It's not God's will for your life. Zero. We want this to be a place where people say, if you're going through, an, if you're going through a struggle, go to Hope Unlimited and let God pour in his love and his grace. Let him break the chains of that bitterness off of you. Let him heal that unforgiveness. Let him heal those hurts and those wounds. No matter what the situation, no matter what the struggle, we declare zero, zero, zero. And let, me, let me say this too. There might be some of you right now. There might be some of you right now. I haven't promoted this yet. There might be some of you right now going through a challenging season. And you say, yeah, you know, I appreciate the teaching and the sermons and all that stuff. I wish you'd let us go a little bit quicker, but whatever. I appreciate all that. But we need some help. Bring that down just a little bit for me, Wes. We need some help. We need some real help. We need to talk to somebody. If that's you, if you're saying, I need to talk to somebody, we want to talk to you. We have counseling available just for you. Trained counselors just for you in marriage. Me and my wife trained counselors to meet with you in a confidential, safe environment. Why? Because we want zero divorce. We don't want you to live another day hurting. We don't want you to live another day going into the house and not talking to each other. We don't want you to live another day with your kids walking in that atmosphere of tension. We don't want any of that. God doesn't want any of that. And I don't believe you want any more of that either. Okay? So this is what you do. If that's, if that's something you, you potentially need, this is what we want you to do. You go to hopeunlimited.life. Hopeunlimited.life. I'm going to say it again. Hopeunlimited.life. You scroll through the page there, and you will find a button that says care. You click on that button, and you fill out that information, and I receive it. Nobody else on our team receives it. Very confidential. I receive it. And we'll set up a time to meet with you because zero. 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 Amen.